Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Sherrod and Chris Legg. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome to the Reconstructed Faith podcast. I'm Colson Lechner, sitting here with Chris Legg and Chris Sherrod. And today, uh, we are going to be talking about Christianity and all things Christianity. We're going we're gonna to condense everything about Christianity <laughs> into history. a 30-minute right. podcast. <laughs> that should be, that should be if, if, as if us being Chris and Chris wasn't confusing enough, today's <laughs> right. topic is it's Chris. Yeah, it's Chris, Chris, and Christ today. There you go. That's what we're talking right. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we just we were thought we thought okay here we're going we're we're continuing our definition series, and right. so it would be a great thing to define what it means to be a Christian. What does what is a Christian? So doesn't this seem like this should be easy? I think but, it seems but like it, it isn't. Be. It isn't at Why? all. Why? Why? I I think that's that's a a great question, <laughs> and that's there what we will tackle. And we're gonna we ought to do a whole podcast about that. Um, I think, I think because, um, there's, okay. So I did a re- I did a project with a, uh, that was my, that was my Harry Potter P there. Do you that up Potter? We were talking about sounds at the beginning of words before we got started. So we don't, but we don't want to get too far off. There's just, just know there's such a thing as a DSer. That's all you need to know, now I know for life. Um, no, that the, so I had a theology class and we had two dry erase boards on the, on the room. And I said, okay, let's do a project. We were doing basic theology and I said, let's do a project. So on this board, we're going to write all the things that have to be true in order for you to be saved or in order for Christian to, in order to be a Christian, mm. everything on this board is everything that has to be true in order for you to be a Christian on this board is everything you have to know or believe in order to be a Christian. And so, can you guess already what figure in history became kind of the lynch point for this conversation? Cricket, 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 cricket. I don't know. I don't know. The thief on the cross. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, because he's one of the few people we know from history who apparently made it. Right. Like, we already know his judgment final. Yeah. Um, and... But we, as far as we know, his conversion happened within minutes mm-hmm. or hours of right. his death. Yeah. Right. And so he didn't join a church. He, <laughs> he didn't know there was baptized. such a thing as the church. He was never <laughs> baptized. He didn't walk an aisle. Right. He, as far as we know, unless you count him the words he spoke to Jesus out loud as a prayer, he never prayed a prayer. I mean, it mm-hmm. was—and um, so it ended up being, we ended up kind of this conclusion. Everything on the on the what has to be true in order for me to be a Christian, we decided we could never— fill it partially because we actually don't know the answer to a lot of that. Like we don't know all the different things that go into that. Um, but when you start thinking about, well, well one, I need to be alive. So then you go down the whole kind of design question of, so if there were no life in the universe, we couldn't be, that's like a whole heading. Like, okay, we don't want to go too far down that one. Right. That's nuts. Um, what do you have to believe about the Trinity? Like, does there have to be a Trinity in order for us to be saved? I would, I would say yes. And so we'll unpack the whole Trinity conversation. Does Jesus have to be fully God and fully man? Yes, that has to be true. Do I have to believe that or know that or understand it in order to be a Christian? And I would say no. I don't think the thief on the cross, uh, the cross if you'd asked him, so what are your Trinitarian views? Right. I don't think he'd have had any. I don't, I don't know if Moses did. 
Um, and so it's, it's a wild conversation to begin realizing honestly, just how short the list and you guys are, I'm doing right hand and left hand for those of you who are in the podcast world on the right hand dry erase board of what do you have to know and believe in order to be saved or in order to be a Christian. And that list became, every time we'd write something up there, someone raised their hand and go, yeah, but what about, uh-huh. and we'd end up erasing it. And it ended up being shockingly short. Yeah. Wow. It ended up summering, kind of coming down to um, uh, like Romans 10 kind of became the summarizing. Those kind of those who call upon the name Amen of the Lord, Lord will be saved. Yeah. Um, maybe even if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. But, but even then, like, what, what do I have to believe about that? God raising from the dead. So what do I have to believe about that? Even that became incredibly short. The, so the one the one thing was full to overflowing, and we acknowledged probably this side of heaven, we won't know the answer to what all has to be true. So how about that? That was a I think that's why it's hard. Is because people think Christianity is dependent upon that left board. And we don't all agree with everything on the left board. And we don't always know when we're right or wrong about things on the left board. So anyway, that I think that's part of what creates the problem is we've been debating for 2,000 years the things on the left board. And Christianity, in its essence, is fundamentally about the things on the right board with all the things on the left board being the important stuff we feel. No, I'm not, 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 not saying they're not significant. They are. Right. Like the Trinity is significant. It's not just a... Spring and the Trampoline, right? Mm-hmm. Remember that book? Mm-hmm. It was a Velvet Elvis. Oh, yeah. that. Uh, okay, now I'm going to be talking too long. But the um, the Velvet Elvis book, gosh, came out about oh one, about the turn of the millennia. Anyway, but that was um, Rob Rob Bell Bell, and uh, and he said that that the beliefs in Christianity were like springs in a trampoline, and you could remove a lot of them, but you could still bounce. And his three examples were number one, age of the earth which someday we will discuss, I'm sure, mm-hmm. because Chris, Chris and Chris have different opinions on that one. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and when I was like, agreed, that's a spring in the trampoline, what you believe about the age of the earth, you could still be a Christian no matter what your views are, within limits. But then the next one was the virgin birth. I was like, ah, interesting. that may be a leg on the trampoline. Uh-huh, <laughs> I think the trampoline uh-huh. may fall down without the virgin right. birth. And the third one was the Trinity. Really? And he was like, so you you could remove that. He actually was very flippant in it. If I remember correctly, he said something about, what if Jesus' dad was a guy named Ralph? And it just turns out the whole virgin birth story was a story meant to protect Mary's reputation. Would that mean I couldn't be a Christian if that's what I believed? I was like, I, I think it might. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's a lot of ignorance that is open. So that's going to be part of the conversation. What has to be true? What do I have to believe? And then what could I believe wrongly and then have the wrong God? Now I'm dealing with the wrong person. So anyway, to hear your thoughts. No, it's true. It's like I remember talking to a Mormon in my house um, about salvation, and he actually said, I believe that it's solely through faith in Jesus. And I was like, wait, does your church know you believe that? Like he was saying that. Right. But then I had to say, okay, but but it's what your faith is in. What do you believe about Jesus? And so then that led to this other thing like, okay, so we, we don't, believe in the same Jesus. What what you believe is he's a created being that you know went through the steps of right. exaltation. So again on the surface it sounded like we were talking about the exact same um you know thing or purpose or or um you know salvation or or person but 
when you begin to define it, and I think that's, again, what we're doing here, you start to go, okay, so we're not talking about the same thing. And that's what that's part of what makes it tough. Mm-hmm. You know, Vody Bauckham, mm-hmm. um, before I knew he was famous, the first thing I heard him teach on was, um, so Vody's a big African-American man, and he said, he summarized it this way, he said, sometimes you have a conversation with somebody about God, and it's like if you and I, and he did, he, of course, he really played this up, Vody's a Incredibly talented speaker, but he he played up the whole. I, I was I saw I met Vody Bakum this weekend, and somebody else going like, "No way, Vody Bakum! You met the one and only." He, so of course he totally played this up for laughs. But he ended up saying at the end of the conversation, the other guy goes, "Hey, tell you what, next time you see that little Asian squirt, you tell him I said hi." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh wait, no we, right. okay sorry. Oh, we may have the wrong guy. <laughs> like we may have the wrong person. Like we have the same name, but we don't have the right the same person." Yeah. And he delineated that between people who claim to worship God, but but the God that they worship is not yeah. is nothing like the God revealed in Scripture. Right. And he said, "We'll never know where is that where is the magic line of I've got the right name, but I've got the wrong guy, mm-hmm. and how much wrong guy stuff can I believe?" And it still credited me as just ignorance because we all are going to have that, right? Yeah. And uh, but he said that when it's okay when you realize, um, okay, same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long coffee dinner with a, a friend of mine who was a Quran uh, apologist, um, defended the Quran as God's word. That's what, that's what that means. And um, we had coffee and he started the conversation with saying, we worship the same God. Mm-hmm. And in the end I said, I, I just feel like we discussed is God friend, which is no for Allah is God father, which is an absolute no right. for Allah. That's that's friend. You can almost get away with, Allah is friend to the merciful. But father, you it's actually considered shirk. It's the major sin mm-hmm. in Islam to call him. It's a major sin to call him father. And then he doesn't have a son named Jesus Christ, who is God. And so I was like, I feel like we got the same name, but I don't think we have the same person. Yeah. At some point, we've got to have, we must be remissing something. Well, and you can't, I mean, that's what happens on social media all the time. You're trying to find someone and you type in their name and then you get like 200 results. <laughs> yeah. And you can't yeah. just go, well, I personally believe it's that one and be like, that. It doesn't matter if it has the same name. You're not talking about the same yep. same person. So what is then, Chris, how would you summarize? Like if you had to define what, what is Christianity? Mm. No pressure. Right. Exactly. Oh, man. Chris so, is just taking a deep breath for those I would say the essentials. We, we, Colson and I had talked about this a few minutes ago about what are the most foundational things. Um, and what I would say, it's what we – what I – I do know that we can know right. about us. Here's what God has told us. And I'm not counting like someone who's never seen a Bible, never heard. Like I'm just talking about in general for right. the, for most people in the modern world, the, the idea that God is one, but he's three persons. So that's the Trinity. Right. And the father's not the son. The son's not the Holy spirit. And the Holy spirit's not the father. And yet they're one. They're, they're equal in essence. Um, and that's, we try to come up with, um, analogies or things. It's just like, yes. you can't. Cause it's all, unique. Yeah. They all fall short in some way. Right. And usually you're, you're, you're now, you're actually giving an example of a heresy mm-hmm. <laughs> when you try to do that. Cause there's literally nothing like that. So, but that's not strange. I mean, if I say my wife is like, right. I mean, that's all analogies always fall apart when right. you're talking about a unique. Yeah. And God is unique. Yeah. So there are lots of things that are three and one. That's yeah. not strange. Lots of things are three and one. They're just not three and one the exact same way that God is three and one. Right. And so right. that's, that when people say it's logically incoherent for God to be three and one, I'm like, that's that's dumb. All right. kinds of things are three and one. That's yeah. not even uncommon. 
yeah. happens a million different ways. Yes, the way he's three and one is unique. Yeah. So, sorry. Yep. No. So anyway, so the the Trinity, um, and then with that piece is going to be that then the Son came to Earth and was fully God and fully man. So that's mm-hmm. called the hypostatic union. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he's like a demigod, half God, half man. Like he's fully God and fully man. Um, and then the, I would just say then you're going to land on salvation. That it's obviously this is revealed in God's word, but um, that Jesus lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died, mm. and he offers that as a free gift. And and so that thing, and then I would add in there, rose again, conquered death, but he offers this to us freely. And I think that right there is going to separate Christianity from everything yes. else because everything else is going to be either you you spell salvation D-O, whereas we right. would spell salvation D-O-N-E, <laughs> if that helps. Yeah. But but again— You're so good with those. Oh, you, you do so much better than me. But that's, that's what it's going to come down to is um, what are you trusting in to— repair your relationship with God or to get you into heaven. Right now in our evangelism class, the the two diagnostic questions are, do you know for certain if you die today, you'd go to heaven? And First John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the Son that you may know that you have eternal life. But then the second question is, if you were to die and God were to say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And so with their answer, you're, you're, you're discovering what are you depending on? Is it your good works? Uh, you just, I believe in God, or I pray, or I've been a good person, or I've never murdered, or I whatever. But it's all going to come down to what are you what are you basing it on, and that's what the Bible just says. I always go back to Paul's only claim that we would have before God from Philippians three. He says, "Not having a righteousness of my own that comes by works, but that which is through faith in Jesus." So, other stuff I think will be related, but at the core. I think that's what I would go by. And again, we believe the the Old and New Testament are, right. are, are God's word. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my basics. <laughs> what do you think? It's 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 so tough because those are the basics. Those I would agree. Those are the basics of mere kind uh-huh. of, of mere Christianity to yeah. use C.S. Lewis's term. And yet, you could not know those and be a Christian. My three-year-old didn't know most of those when he put his faith yeah. in Christ, and so yeah. it's it's a it's such a tough. Yes, those are the standards of Christ. Those are what Christianity is. Without those, Christianity isn't what it is, and it's it's a if there if there isn't a tri- a triune God, if there isn't a God the Son, and the hypostatic union, if there, then Christianity is false. And I think if we come at it from that perspective, what would make Christianity false? Those are some great ways to come at it. Is if Jesus didn't come experience life as a human being to pay the sins to pay for our sins to purchase a right relationship with God if he didn't do that then Christianity is not a thing if there is no God Christianity is not a thing if God is not three in one Christianity is not a thing and I, I totally agree with that and so I think those are the fundamentals <clears throat> the next question though is given in a, in a simple sense that there is a God, and our relationship with him comes through a provision provided by him, um, a provision given by him, and and that provision is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I, and I think you could summarize pretty simply like like that. Now that within even that statement, I mean, we could go back and say, um, let's see, I believe in God the Father, Almighty Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ's only begotten Son, our Lord, 
and do the whole Apostles' Creed type thing, which had, that's what Apostles' Creed was written to be. Right. This is what Christianity is. If it's if any of these lines isn't true, then Christianity isn't true. And um, that's what we. So when we're discussing in here, when over when we define Christianity, we're talking about the Christ-centric faith, the provision revelation of what we call the Holy Bible, um, Old and New Testament. Now, again, none of that is that still requires the work of the Spirit in our lives. Um, the work of God working those things out in our lives, et cetera, but, and the good grace that he gives us. But, but when we talk about Christianity in here, those are going to be the things that we keep coming back to fun- fundamentally. come back to here, here's something that, that when we're talking about reconstructed faith Chris you were saying something right before we got started that I think is vital when it comes to deconstructed faith or reconstructed faith and it has to do with trusting God for something he hasn't promised uh-huh. um, so you might you might talk about the sheep analogy thing as yeah. we build to that because I, I think very often the faith that people deconstruct doesn't is it is, should be deconstructed uh-huh. and anyway well, and it's that, <clears throat> yeah, it's the Tim Keller quote that I mentioned before that if someone says they don't believe in God, he'll say, well, describe for me the God you rejected because I might not believe in him either. Right. And it, it still goes back to what we said before, that some people have this straw, straw man faith that they've built up something that they say is Christianity, but then it gets easily knocked down because they, were, they had a wrong assumption. Right. So Colson and I were talking about sheep. And I was showing them videos of cast sheep, which is just so funny that God calls us sheep so often because sheep really are helpless and yeah, dumb. Yeah. And they'll get stuck on their back. But I heard this analogy and or this story, and I, I've never seen it for myself, but supposedly if you have a bunch of sheep going through like a shoot, single file, uh-huh. and they're, they're moving along in a line, if you put like a stick in, in the way in front of one of them, in other words, to get by, he's got to jump over it. Uh, so each sheep that gets to the stick, he'll jump. Supposedly, if you remove the stick, the fault the sheep after that will still jump at that point. They'll just continue to jump. So it's like, right. why, why did you jump? Well, the guy before me jumped, and then why are you jumping? Well, because that guy jumped, and there's no reason behind it. There's no there's nothing in front of them making them jump. It's just what they saw someone else in front of them do. So the thought there is for a lot of people, they 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 want to keep the label Christianity, but the content of their faith. I compare it to like a box that says Christianity on the front of it. But right. what you're putting in your box is actually a whole lot of beliefs or you're keeping out a whole lot of beliefs that actually, you know, aren't there or should be there. So a lot of young people are deconstructing a faith that never either was their own faith. Right. They were just jumping because their parents in front of them jumped or they've, they've built into it. A lot of these expectations of God who will never let me go through pain or mm. a God who, you know what I'm saying? Is always, Right. I don't know. Makes me happy. And so then you just go, well, that's, of course you're disappointed because he never promises that he wouldn't do that. But if you believe that about God, then you're going to be disappointed and think like, well, the God that I believe, and I guess it was all a sham, you know, versus like, well, no, you had a wrong view of God that needed to be corrected. Yes. Um, I'm going through the book of Ecclesiastes with our young professionals. Oh, cool. Which is so fun. And what I love about it is it's the, what I'm calling the joyful realist of, you, you really can still enjoy life, but you're realistically 
saying, but we live in a Genesis 3 world. We live in a fallen world. And one of the things that make people doubt God so often is like bad things are happening. Right. It's like a picture. I'm just going, well, I did you not read Ecclesiastes? Like I gave you that book as a reminder. Like it's not always going to turn out the way you wanted. That's not going to bring you satisfaction. I gave you that book to help you be realistic about life. Right. Um, and your happiness is not the goal of life. And so, again, I think for a lot of people, it's like, well, you're going to be disappointed if that's what you expected, um, you know, your faith to, to be like. Yes. So I don't, I don't know about the sheep one. What I use in the counseling office all the time is elephants, is the example of elephants. Oh, yeah. That when they're staked to the ground as a child, their, their ankle, they put a cuff around the ankle or a chain around the ankle and stake them to the ground, but they stake them to a concrete that's underground that the elephant can't see. Mm-hmm. So the elephant fights and struggles against it up to a certain point, and then someday it will stop, and it won't, won't pull on the chain anymore. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, though I've not seen it, not found it, uh, elephants have died in fires, staked to the ground with a three-foot-long stake. And of course, these are animals that can pull a tree up Easily, by the root system. Right, right. And yet they will stand and die there. Um, and, and I think I see sometimes so often with people who are deconstructing their faith, it's that what they were told or taught, this is Christianity, this is what God requires of you, this is what it means to be a believer, but it's really just a human invention. And they've been staked to the ground with a three-foot-long stake, and when they discover that the stake comes up out of the ground, it no longer offers security, it no longer offers anything to them, and now they're just mad. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that. I mean, I, I understand why you would be, I've experienced it myself, when you have a belief, this is much, This is what you're supposed to believe, this is what you have to believe, and then when you realize you read the scripture for yourself, you're either set free in a positive way to, okay, I need to worship the God who is, yeah. not the God who I was raised on, or I'm set free to then not worship anything but myself because I don't trust anything but myself. And I think so often that's when people deconstruct, which is understandable. Again, they need to pull that chain up. Yeah. I think when Jesus talks about us bearing burdens uh, and he says, come to me, you who are uh, weary and heavy laden, and I will rest you, he, he then says, by giving you essentially a yoke and a burden, which mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense unless he's taking away all the others. And I think so often um, what Christians need to do is deconstruct the childish faith they have, the Santa Claus faith they have, the, I don't know what all to Legalistic, put Legalistic, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I was raised with, yeah. was the, not, not intentionally, but was very much so, the man, I, if I mess up today, I could... God's going to be really, really mad, and he might send me to hell if I die in my sleep. And it was just such a scary, fear-based, not grace-based, not biblically. It's just not biblically-based, not biblically sound version of Christianity. And in rebelling against that, though, I didn't have to rebel against all of it. Mm-hmm. Just take the false stuff. And so, um, yeah, there was a, um, I think, even, even though Chris share it tends towards a, a young earth theory of of earth and i tend towards an old earth theory i think we'd still appreciate i had a doctor come as a client years ago for a single session I came to you she said because i know you're christian but i didn't want to talk to a professional christian i just want to talk to a christian who could talk with me because i'm i i want to become a christian but i can't believe the earth is only six thousand years old and was created in six days and I said, good news. You don't have to believe that to be a Christian. Like it's not, there are plenty of Christians who believe it and plenty of Christians who don't. And people have been debating about it at least since the second generation of Christians. So good news. 
you can believe the earth is very, very old and still be a Christian. And she said, you're kidding me. I said, no, that's mm-hmm. no, no. Here, here's, here's like nine books by people who are <laughs> godly men and women who have written about it. And she said, well, then I want to be a Christian. It's like that was, that was the only barrier. She had been told yeah. this was a barrier between you and following Christ. And when she learned it was, I was like, oh, good. Okay, good. Let's do that then. Mm-hmm. It's a great cool. Well, can you go on my website and tell everybody how good of a counselor that I am? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> In one session. Exactly right. Cured. Cured. Yeah. Um, which is, that, by the way, is very weird. That's not normal. Yeah. What counseling is all. In fact, I didn't. I, I prayed with her in that session, which is actually kind of strange for me. But then I required her because some people will become a Christian for counseling homework. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't usually encourage that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who, who do you know who you love who you could pray with? But yeah. Anyway, it was, it was That's just cool. purely she had been raised on a belief yep. that was all that was keeping her was this, this equals this. And when she discovered, okay, that doesn't equal that. Mm-hmm. Now, now go and figure out what you believe about the age of the earth. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Read the scriptures, read the books, go nuts. And, <clears throat> but it, it, but no one should be telling you that that's a prerequisite for, for following Jesus. Yep. And I do think that's a good example of a roadblock for a lot of people because they, and this goes back to what we've already talked about in previous podcasts, because they think that Christianity is all about blind faith, yes. then they feel like to become a Christian, I've got to walk away from science and reason, and and so they're not willing to do that. But it's, again, you've got this false dichotomy. Like, you don't have to pick between science and faith. You know what I'm saying? You can That's be right. A, a, you can be both. I mean, you, you can believe in both and, and follow both. And I think part of what Christianity, I'm sorry, part of what apologetics does is it, removes those roadblocks where Christianity is actually plausible for the first time. Cause like for that lady, yep. it's like, it's not even on my list of options. If that's what it means, then it can't be. And you just go, well, like you said, good news. That's not one of the requirements uh, to become a Christian. And so the thing that you thought was holding you back actually is not a reason. You know? That's right. And again, people will still have excuses or um, that'll, that'll be like their smoke screen. And then right. apologetics can also remove that and show yeah. that the real issue is that you, you don't want to. A lot of the people that are deconstructing their faith, they've left the youth group and they go into college or beyond. Right. And... Even having the conversation of what do you look for in a church is a really right. important question. Absolutely. As far as what are the essentials that I'm going to be fed or the basics that are that are here? Because if you're in the wrong environment, it's going to create either it's going to reinforce this legalism or it's going to make you confused or whatever. So, yeah, what would you say if you're looking for a church? Oh, my gosh. Um, first off, I do think what you want is someone who is saying we – we defer to the authority of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not always know what Scripture says. We may not, and you want humble attitudes within this. If you have someone who says, "No, we we absolutely always know what the Bible says, and you need to do what we tell you it says," that's a that's a huge red flag. So you want a humble attitude of, "Listen, we don't always know what the what the Bible is teaching us, but we're willing to work hard to try to understand it. And when we are convinced of what it says." then we defer to the, its authority, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of funny, like uh, it, in one setting, I would say, uh, and this is a question, I actually think that's the line 
at a fundamental level, that may be the line between actual what a Christian is, is someone who defers the authority of Scripture, trusts it to teach you. Again, not with a blind, foolish, unsophisticated way of studying it. But I think I feel like if someone answers the question, certainly this is what makes an evangelical, I think, that if I ask the question, if you knew for sure, I mean, somehow you knew with 100% certainty that the Bible taught something, would you submit to that? And so with some populations, I will say, so if you knew absolutely without any shred of doubt that the Bible taught that to engage in homosexual behavior is sin, would you change? Not, not would you be perfect, but would you go, okay, I agree with that. I agree with that statement. I confess that statement. I will work to obey that statement. I will, I will trust in God to help me obey that statement. Or would you say, well, but I, but I still want to do that. Same thing is true of premier, like so heterosexual sex outside of marriage. Like, would you, mm-hmm. okay, what, would you, if you knew that around here, what I say is if you knew with absolute certainty that the Bible taught you that it's wrong to defend yourself, like if you came to that conviction mm-hmm. that it is wrong to defend yourself, you can't shoot somebody, you can't karate chop somebody, you can't stab somebody with a Bowie knife. Like if, if someone, if you knew without any doubt that Christian pacifism was what was taught in Scripture, would you get rid of all those weapons? And if the answer is, I just don't think I can. Okay. Well, then you're not, you're not really following. And, and that sounds rigid in some ways, but I think it's a mindset um, that really is important for us as Christians. And I want to look for that in a church. I want to look for a church that says, we, listen, we don't always know what it says, but when we become convinced we do know what it says, that's what we teach. Well, yeah. it's like Martin Luther's famous line of my conscience is held captive to the word of God. Yeah. Like, I can't hear I stand. I can do, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's God's word is my authority. And yeah. And then I think you've said it before, related to even those topics, especially about sex and homosexuality. So you're either ignorant or rebellious if you're not following it. Like, in other words, either you didn't know. And now you do know, right? <laughs> and now that you know, your options are: I can, I can be rebellious and do my own thing and still decide, or I can get in line mm-hmm. right. and trust that the Lord's by His Holy Spirit is going to empower me. But that's going to be the struggle, right? But I'm I'm acknowledging, yes, that's what I'm submitting to. Absolutely, yeah. And that's that's because you don't want to be. I know this is hard. It's hard for it's hard for me as a pastor. Um. In the end, I don't want a church full of people to follow me. I don't want a church full of people to follow leadership board or whatever because we're so frail and limited. We actually, our leadership board, each time we meet, we sing or pray the old hymn, Be Thou My Vision, Mm -hmm. which is about, okay, we don't trust us. We don't trust each other to have right agendas. And so we don't want to trust, you know, in our own understanding, to quote the proverb, we want to lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him. We don't trust in him with all our heart. And we don't, um, I mean, we know we're even bad at that. That's how untrustworthy we are. So you want a church that has a, a, a healthy attitude about, we're going to do our best to tell you what Scripture teaches to the best of our understanding and encourage you and, and, and uh, help you, equip you to apply that and live that out. It's not just what we think. It's not just what I think. It's not just what a charismatic leader thinks. It's not, and that's our goal. So that's that's an example of something because you need a true north. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna wander through the wilderness, you need something to trust, and humans aren't it. I think it was I was trying to find the quote, but I think it was G.K. Chesterton that said it used to be that 
we were confident in in believing in in trusting in in truth revealed to us and skeptical about ourselves. And he says mm. now it's completely the opposite. That we're skeptical about truth and we're totally confident in ourselves. That we should trust ourselves. And that's that's the danger that you're that you're in where you're wise in your own eyes, which again that's biblical. You know what that's uh, I wonder if we could add if we should add to our definition of Christianity that we started with is that we we are a race in need of saving. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a fundamental, uh, certainly an underlying view of the yeah. Judeo-Christian worldview. But if there is no sin, there is no Christianity. Mm-hmm. So if humans can't sin, if we can't be wretches, if we're somehow capable of fixing this problem on our own, then then Christianity kind of falls apart. Because you don't need you don't need a savior, right? You don't need to be saved from anything. So maybe we would start there with saying the kind of Christianity. What we're talking about is as we understand Scripture to teach Christianity at the basic level that we need a Savior and God. We need a way to to repair the relationship with God, and God provided that way um, through His Son. And that's going to be a fundamental. And the nature and character of that God. There are certain things that are that are kind of non-negotiable, and and a lot of things that are negotiable. And we are. We, we trust in Scripture to reveal to us the truth. Um, now, I say that, but it's also, and then we have to be good students of studying it and digging into it and wrestling through the disagreements and not avoiding the things we don't like, and that's the kind of stuff we're looking for. Um, but again, so. that's going back to the distinction <clears throat> of am I happy or is this truth? In other words, mm. acknowledging that I'm a sinner doesn't make me happy. But is it true? And that's where so many people today, all, all they mm-hmm. want to talk about is, but is your lifestyle making you happy? Mm-hmm. Which that alone, that word can be very dangerous. But yeah. Colson and I were talking about parenthood earlier because a lot of people, if you've got this wrong view of God, that he's supposed to always be making me happy. Yeah, he would never want me to suffer. Right. He would never want me to struggle. That Every parent knows if you're going to be a good parent, that's not your goal. Do I have a happy child? Right. Because... <laughs> We make them go to bed. We make them, we tell them not to eat this, but to eat that. You don't always get your way. You can't watch, you know, Disney movies until three in the morning. Like every mm-hmm. every parent knows, I'm going to do things that make you uncomfortable or not always happy. But it's and again, it's because I love you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to self destruct if I don't step in. And so again, if your view of God is that he he never lets bad things happen to you, then well, of course that God let you down. Right, but that's not the real God. You had a straw man faith. So, you know, in this in this podcast, I don't know that we have given some uh, good, complete, clear, concise definition of Christianity. In fact, I feel like we certainly haven't. And maybe that's just because that's that's not something we're capable of doing that that well. But what what when we talk about our faith, when we talk about Christianity on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the fundamentals as much as possible. I'm sure we will unpack details. But we're not talking about a certain denomination. We're not talking about a certain polity or church politics. We're not going to be talking about that. That's not the focus of, of this podcast. We don't. What we want people to have are the <clears throat> the building blocks to reconstruct the fundamentals of their faith as they're engaging with it. When someone faces that deconstruction, when they realize, wait a minute, this is a chain that's been holding my foot down, and it's not real. It doesn't have to hold me down. It's not accurate. That's the going through the under the underwear drawer that we talked about a few podcasts ago. Well, then what am I going to put back in? And that's what we want to challenge people with. Okay. How are you going to, what do you believe about truth? What do you believe about faith? What are these things and how do you then engage with and test? Okay. This I keep this, I toss. 
Um, this I keep, this I toss. I listened to a little bit of one of our earlier podcasts the other day, um, and and I was I was talking about the um, uh, that the underwear drawer mindset of, okay, I need to I need to test this as the Bible says, test all of it and keep that which is right. What the mm-hmm. Apostle Paul says, we need to test it and figure out, and you'll do it your whole life. And maybe that's troubling for people. Maybe they'd rather just be told, listen, this is the right answer and it's all good and that's it. But I feel like it's more complicated. It's more challenging. It's a relationship with an actual th- person. And that's always harder than just. Well, and I think too, that's why legalism is always appealing is you, it allows you to <clears throat> look religious, but you don't have to have a heart change. Yeah. Like just tell me what to do. It's just all the, the, the rigid stuff, the rules that I should follow, but there's no real relationship or, or heart, heart change there. Yep. Is that just cause it's, it's easier to kind of take off, take that off the, the checklist kind of thing. Well, okay, I'm good with God. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Do you think it's easier and well, that's why adding, people like it more? Yeah. Well, it's, it's convenient in that I can, there's a difference between fitting my life into Christ and fitting Christ into my life. If I can put it that way, like there's one way I'm adding him onto, uh, like the schedule is mine, but Jesus gets an appointment versus the schedule's his, like he's fully sovereign. Or, you know, he's a character in my story versus he's the director, producer, star. You know what I mean? And yeah. I have a role. So I think it is easier just if I get to add that on versus it, it totally consumes everything about me. And that's where Jesus gives a pretty high call of if you're not willing to give up everything, right? then you're not worthy to be my disciple or to follow me. Like that's what I'm asking you to do. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers.